All right, I'd like to say a word of welcome to you this morning. Like I said, it's good to be in the house of God, amen. amen. Uh, we could be a lot of places this morning, but God saw fit to allow us to be in the house of God. Hope you've come this morning looking to get something from Him, because uh, if you do if you do that and you allow the Lord to speak to your heart, amen, uh, it, I'm sure it, it will not be in vain, amen, and we'll leave better uh, than we come. But it is a blessing to be here this morning. It's good to be saved. Hope everybody's had a good week. Uh, it's been a hot week, amen. I mean, it's been sweltering, but I can think of a few places it's probably hotter than it's been here, amen. Uh, but uh, again, I hope you enjoy the service today and come looking to get something from God. Uh, hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. We'll have Brother Terry come see. All right, let's all stand, page 88.
Standing page 77. 76, sorry. <coughs> I messed you up over there. Jesus spoke to me one day, praise his holy name. Touch the mind. 
Somebody touch me, somebody touch me. 
Brother Mike had to leave. They got up some decisions to make, so y'all pray for their family. Uh, the announcements today we have on September the 16th, we're having a Happy Pilgrims Night of Games and uh, Finger Food. So I'd like for all the Happy Pilgrims to be at that. I don't have the time yet. We'll, you got a time on that. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. So remember that. They'll have a sign-up sheet later for that. Uh, the ladies' meeting is at 10 o'clock on the 23rd of September in the Fellowship Hall. And uh, on the 29th of September, they have the ladies' night out with the pur Purposeful Women of God at Talbot Baptist Church. Bus will be leaving here at 6 o'clock. Remember that. Uh, Sister Melinda wanted me to announce anybody that went to uh, Sister Sue's birthday party... She wants to get a head count of all that went to that. So uh, there's a sign-up sheet out there that she wants you to sign your name to if you went to that. And uh, got a text this week from Brother Rick Odom's family, and uh, he fell again. And he's he's still having a lot of problems. He's battling the cancer, and now he's got cellulitis in his left hand. Plus, he's got a staph infection. So y'all remember them in prayer. Uh, go ahead, Miss Sister Megan.
We good? That's it. Now? All right. Brother Chris had tried to give me some tips on how to wear this thing at one time, and guess what? I forgot forgot how to do that just about as quick as he told me. So, uh, But uh, i like to say again, it is a blessing to be here. Amen? Uh, appreciate the invite back here to Marble Baptist Church, and it's, I'd like to say it's just good to be here already this morning. Uh, the choir did a great job this morning and just singing and just right off the bat, uh, you know, uh, I'm talking about just that, that good singing. Appreciate the specials. Uh, but uh, like I say, we want to try to be a blessing to you this morning, try to be a help to you this morning. Uh, it's good to see Brother Freddie here this morning. Brother Freddie's helped us for many years in the jail. Uh, like Brother Freddie. I love Brother Freddie. Not just like him, but he's a real blessing to us. And he helps us in the, the ministry there at the, our jail. And just uh, that's one thing about it, Brother Freddie. You, you know what Brother, Brother Freddie stands for. You know he loves the Lord. Amen, most importantly. Uh, but I hope you love the Lord this morning. Amen. Uh, and if you got your Bible, we'll go ahead and get started, and uh, we'll turn to the book of Joshua, chapter number 24. book of Joshua, chapter number 24. Uh, like I say again, I just want to be a help and encouragement this morning, uh, a blessing. Um, as she was singing that song uh, right there that uh, Jesus is right on time, our, God's not on our time frame. You know, we, we get so caught up in, in, in uh, watches and time. And I was telling Brother Terry at the beginning of the service, we got this clock back here. And I said, that, that clock just puts you on the spot, amen. Uh, and, and it really does. And, and we look at our watches and we look at our phones and, and we look at that time frame. It just puts us on the spot. But you know what? Nothing puts the Lord on the spot. We know that Mary and Martha, they were, uh, they were put on the spot. You know, they thought that, uh, you know, man... Uh, uh, because time's done run out for Lazarus, time's done run out for us. Hey, but God in heaven is the inventor of time, amen. Uh, time, he's not bound and held by time. He's not bound and held by our perspectives this morning. Uh, it's all on his time and his accord, and he knows best. That's yeah. some, sometimes hard for us to fathom that with our finite mind. But we forget sometimes that he's God, we're not. But uh, that's message number one, amen. Amen. So, uh, but uh, we'll begin reading. Uh, this morning, uh, you got your Bible, you can stand with me, please, stand uh, for the reading of the Word of God. We'll begin reading in, in Joshua chapter number 24. Joshua chapter number 24. Begin reading, just read two verses, and then we're going to jump over a little bit and kind of go through it. Joshua chapter number 24, the Bible says in verse number 14, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15 says, And if it seem evil unto you, uh, this, uh, if it seem evil unto you uh, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You can be seated. Lord, I pray, God, you'd help us this morning. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our heart. And Lord, I pray, God, you'd uh, Lord help us to, to receive what you might have for us. And I pray, God, in heaven, you'd leave us not in our own selves, Lord. Help us, God, to just glean, God, in, uh, from the blessed Word of God, these truths, and apply them to our lives. Help us, God, not just to be... Uh, hearers of thy word, but be doers of thy word, Lord. And if somebody be here that's here today that's lost, that don't know you, that's not made the ultimate choice, God in heaven, to, as to accept you as their personal Savior, 
God, today, hopefully and prayerfully, might be that day. And we'll thank you for it, Christ, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. And this verse, as we begin to read, we know verse number 15. It's a very, uh, I guess, a well-known verse. And, and so many times, uh, you know, this kind of verse is preached at a youth meeting. And we take that verse, and, and, and I've heard that all my life, and so have you. And so you know it's a very well-known verse. Uh, but I was thinking as I was studying and praying this week that this is not just some youth verse. This is everybody's verse. He wasn't, Joshua right here wasn't talking to the young people of the nation. Uh, Joshua wasn't just talking to a particular group or a particular age of the people. Uh, and we look at that because us as mom and daddies, we think, well, we've made our choice and it's time for the young people uh, to make our choice. Hey, we make choices each and every day, do we not? I'm talking about each and every day uh, we make our choices. And we see that Joshua right here, he poses a question and a question is asked. And he's talking about, he's asking the nation of Israel here uh, to use some discernment and some direction in their life. Choices we make these every day. Some right, some wrong. Every day. This is very trivial. But you ever got to work or got to somewhere you, you were going or even to church and you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at what you were wearing and be like, that was the wrong choice. <laughs> I, I, I have. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I look at some people. I know this is mean, but I look at them. I look at that haircut, Brother Fred, and say, that was the wrong choice. <laughs> Maybe not for them. He said, oh, Brother Scotty. This, hey, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. This is the direction. This is the message is heading. So we're, gonna, we're just going to ride it for a little while. We're right here, and as far as choices go, we have the right to choose. Amen. We still live in America, right? So far. We have the right to choose, but not the right to choose the consequences of our choices. You've got the right to choose, but you don't have the right to choose your consequences. Well, I didn't mean for that to happen. I didn't want for that to happen. Well, you, cho you chose that. You picked what was behind door number three, amen? You chose that. You signed up for that. You've made your bed. So Joshua right here, he's asked the nation to make a choice. But Joshua right here in our study, and we're going to get to that here in just a second uh, in this. But Joshua, what we see right here, but he's not asking them not, uh, to make an in, uh, uninformed or an uneducated choice. Sometimes things just get thrown upon you and you just got to make a split second decision, do you not? Sometimes that works out and sometimes that doesn't. But on a major choice, on a major decision, you need to be informed and as educated about that choice and about that decision as you possibly can. So you don't make what? A bad choice. So we see right here in our reading, and we're going to read just a little bit. We're going to jump back here in verses number 23, uh, or I'm sorry, chapter number 23, and go through chapter number 24 as well. Uh, but Joshua right here, well, let's read in verses, uh, uh, chapter 23, verses 1 through 2 real quick. And it says, It came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel and for the elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. Verse 3. And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God uh, is he that hath fought for you. We'll stop right there. And we'll talk about this right here. If I had a title this morning, it would be, I'm going that way. Joshua right here, we've seen in our, our reading right here in verses number 15 of chapter number 24. What did he say? He said, choose you this day who you serve. He said, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 
And so, in other words, this morning, Joshua, what is he saying? He says, I'm going that way, amen. Uh, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we'll, we'll, let's, let's continue. And we see right here in this chapter number 23, we see Joshua's last counsel. Joshua's advice in these verses that we read. He was speaking from experience and observation, was he not? You ever try to take advice from somebody who's never been there and done that? Well, those people like to give out a lot of advice, don't they? Not been there, not done that. They just ordered a t-shirt online saying they did. But they have no experience. And so they'll sit here and they'll yammer on about a lot of stuff. And in your head you're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. But you being the nice Christian, you try to just, you know, keep that in, right? You know, oh, praise God, brother. That's good advice. All right, then. You know, anyhow. But we see right here, Joshua, what was he doing? He was speaking from experience and observation. He had been the servant of the Lord uh, for a long time. He had walked with God. He had served God. He had been with Moses. He was second in command with Moses. He had seen the battles. He had seen the uh, uh, victories. And he had seen the losses. So Joshua right here, he wasn't giving these people just some flipping advice on how to live their life or how to continue with the Lord. This was towards the end of Joshua's life. And he was saying, let me impart. Some age-old wisdom and some advice to you, nation. That's what he was saying right here. Joshua had fought battles. He had won battles. Joshua is known for his leadership. We see Joshua in his, in his, in his, his last council in, uh, in chapter 23, but we see Joshua and his legitimate concern in chapter number 24. In chapter number 23, we see Joshua reminds the nation. He reminds the nation of a few things. And notice in our reading right here in verses number 2, uh, again, like I said a while ago, this is not just a, uh, a youth meeting message. He called, uh, I'll read it just in case you forgot it, and Joshua called for all Israel from their elders and from their heads and from their judges and from their officers and said unto them. Joshua started from top down. Joshua wanted everybody to hear what he had to say. From top down, from leadership on down, Brother Gene, uh, this wasn't just a word for some little kids in the nursery. Hey, this, was some, this right here was a word from God, uh, from heaven, straight from heaven, to everybody that would pay attention. We see in, the, in this chapter number 23 that the Lord had expelled the, the wicked people of the, of the land, the Canaanites, the Hivites, Parasites, Parasites. <laughs> amen. That's how some of them were. But there was still a remnant in that land. There were still some of those people in that land. They had not utterly destroyed them. They had not utterly uh, removed all of the Canaanites and, and those other nations from the land. Uh, it was a polytheistic people, polytheistic people. In other words, they, they served, worshiped more than one God. And the Lord had replaced those people, pushed, put Israel in that nation right there with a monotheistic people who served only one God. It was a testimony for God Himself. We see right here in chapter number 23 as well that uh, Joshua right here, he gives these exhortations to the nation to set up and sets up chapter number 24. He said, where are we going? We're going, just, just hold on. Let's look right here in verses number 6. Now see, we read it verses 1 through 3 right there and Joshua saying, hey, would you just listen a minute? Everybody gather together. I've got something to tell you. Would you listen just for a second? I put you in this land and right here I have a concern that you're going this other way. He said, but don't sweat it. Look here. Look at verse number 5. And it said, and the Lord your God, he, in chapter number 23, it said, and the Lord your God, he shall expel them before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised you. Notice, Joshua was reminding them just exactly what God's 
wanting to do for them. Isn't it easy to forget so many times what God's done for us? It's so easy to get caught up in our daily lives and get it caught up in the things that we're involved in, our desires and things of that nature, and forget exactly who God is and what God's done for us. And so right here we see that Joshua's giving them a reminder. Uh, look at verse number 6. He says, Be ye therefore courageous and keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefore, uh, therefrom to the right hand nor to the left. He says, Be courageous. And to keep all, did it say keep some? Did it, did it say keep what you like and what you think is right? Is that what it says or what I think is right? Do we get to, do we get to cherry pick the, the Word of God? With my job, I'll just deviate real quick. My job, I tell people how to uh, save money on their power bills. I work for the power company. And, and so I do high bill concerns. And so what people do when they get a high bill, they'll look at their usage and they'll call me and say, Hey, why is my bill so high? So I'll look, and I'll look at their, 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 their patterns. I'll look at their usage. And I won't just take what the bill that they've gotten today. I'll look at their whole history. I'll take five years of usage. And I'll get to looking at that. And I'll say, okay, your bill's $100. That's high. Okay, or $200, $300. But then I say, do you know what you used last summer? Well, well, no. But I'm comparing it to February, March, April, May. My bill was $50. Now it's $100. Well, well last summer you used $300. And the summer before that, you used 300. And the summer before that, you used 300. But this summer, you used 100. So what you're doing is you're cherry-picking the 100 versus the $50. And it does not apply because it's not the same time of year. Does that make any sense to anybody? We cherry-pick. And so I'm telling them, I said, now one time I seen your bill got down to $25. Not really. That's the base charge. You didn't use nothing. It was gone all month long. I said, I'm not picking that real low bill. I'm not picking your $25 bill, and I'm not picking your $350 bill. I'm picking what is your pattern, what you normally use. We can't cherry pick good or bad. I'm not going to cherry pick. You can't cherry pick. But what do we do with the things of God? Well, I like this. This suits my life right now. God loves me, and God's full of grace and mercy. But God says, don't do this over here. No, 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 I'm picking this part of God. No, you, you can't do that. You, now, 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 let me make this quick reference. Now, now, what if you, does your spouse appreciate when you only pick certain parts of them? How, how well does that work? Or how about they pick certain parts of you? Doesn't work too good, does it? Same thing with God, same difference with God. God's God. I'll start to say good and bad, but God's never bad, amen. It's just your perspective on God, amen. So we see right here that Joshua tells them, Be ye therefore courageous to keep all and do all. This application, this word right here, courageous, uh, it's more than just bravery. It's not just talking about him being brave. Hey, I'm brave. No, that's not what he's talking about. This right here speaks of strength derived from the adherence of the law of God. Strength derived from the adherence of the Word of God. What does it say? Continue that verse out. It says, and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. How are you going to find courage today to live in today's society? By adhering to the book of the law. That was Joshua's advice back then. Because you know what, church? When, we, when, we, uh, when the Word is kept and obeyed, it builds spiritual fortitude in our lives. 
Just like the weightlifters, the more weight he lifts, the more weight he lifts. Guess what? The next day he goes in the gym, guess what? He can put a little bit more weight, a little bit more weight. He's going to have confidence when he goes in there to be able to lift. Same thing with you and I. The more, the more of the Bible that we've got in our heart, the more we put it in our heart, the more we put it in our heart, it's going to give us more confidence to live out what we've read. Amen. Joshua, he's exhorting them. He's admonishing them. Look at verse number 7. And it says, That ye come not among these nations, that uh, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor the cause uh, to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. Remember now, what Joshua was saying, he's trying to encourage these people, he's trying to encourage the nation of Israel and give them some advice on how to live right for the Lord. He says, take heed that ye come not among these nations. I appreciate the Sunday school lesson this morning and uh, Brother Ron had made mention of talking about that net. Brother Ron, you drag it. They was dragging it and they was having to tend to those nets. And I appreciate what you said about that, that our lives are like nets and we drag them through this world each and every day and we have to tend those things each and every day. I don't know about you, but every day is not the church house, is it not? Out there in society, out there in the world, that's, that's, that's not God's uh, house. You say, well, I'm always with God and God's always with me. Yeah, but it's a dirty and it's a wicked world out there. And right here, uh, Josh was trying to admonish them, says, hey, don't go among them. Don't be a part of them. And I'm about to use a, a bad word right here uh, in today's uh, church culture and society. And what he's saying, he's saying, be separate. Be separate. Whew. That's a bad word today. Well, you're being judgmental. You're being... I'm, I'm Take that up with Joshua and the Lord. Take that up with Joshua and the Lord. It's an admonition that there was a remnant there of all those other lands and God in heaven. And Joshua knew, hey, that, that remnant's there. They were not done away with. And what has happened is we're drawn away when we see them because they influence us each and every day. You know, everybody today wants to be an influencer. Everybody. You see, I hear about ballplayers quitting their multi-million dollar uh, contracts so they can be an influencer on social media. Influencer. Man, I'm going to make my money to be an influencer. Influence. You're pushing, you're pushing your who you are on somebody else. Influence them to make decisions. Hey, guess what, church? You know today, whether you like it or not, you're an influencer. Whether you signed up for it or not, whether you realize it or not. Mom and daddy, you're an influencer on your children. Husband, wife, you're an influence on your spouse. Christian, you're an influence on the world, good or bad. You're an influence. You're being an influence. And not even getting paid for it. Oh, man, that's, that's the bad part. But we see right here that he talks about separation in verses number 7. But verse number 8, what does he say? He said, but cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. He said, leave some things, but then cleave to other things. Leave those things of the remnant. Leave those things of the world. Don't come among them. Don't be among them. Uh, don't approach them. But cleave to the things of God. Amen. That's to have, have a successful Christian life. That word cleave right here means actually to adhere or to firmly attach. In verse number 8. And in verse number 12 you'll see that. What does it say? It says, uh, he gives a warning. It says, uh, else if you do any, any wise, go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations. So he's saying, don't cleave to the remnant that's here. Cleave to the God of heaven in verse number 8, but don't cleave to the remnant that's here in verse number 12. So he gives a word of warning right there. Talking about cleaving and leaving. 
What about number, verse number 11? See, skip verse number 11. Well, look at verse number 11. He says, Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Boy, right there, it solves a lot of problems, Brother Marty. Because if you love God right, if you love God and He's in His proper role in your life, and you know what you're going to do, you're going to love others right, too. And you're still going to love the world. I'm not up here preaching hate the world. You understand what I'm saying? I'm up here trying to say I'm hating sin, not the sinner. Amen. There's a big, huge difference. But I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. God in heaven don't love the world. When I say world, the Bible talks about world. That's talking about the world system. That's not talking about the individual sinner that's in the world. And we see right here, verse number 11, our love. Uh, Joshua's saying, love the Lord. Uh, love the Lord with all your heart. Uh, therefore, take good heed uh, and love the Lord God in heaven. He's saying, you, those idols of those remnants, they're going to draw, draw you away. They're going to draw away your affection from the things of God. They're going to draw away your heart. Deuteronomy 6, chapter number 6, the Lord demands and deserves the supreme place in our heart. There's no room. There should be no room for anything else uh, in our heart besides the Lord Jesus Christ. We see right here, to love the Lord is, is to reciprocate the love that which He gave us. What does it say in 1 John uh, four nineteen? We love Him because what? He first loved us. So when we love the Lord, what we're doing is reciprocating the love that He's already given us. And I could see why every reason in the world why we would love Him. But I sure can't think of one thing why He should love us. I'm talking, about, I don't know, I know me, and you know you, you understand? And God knows us better than we know ourselves. But yet, you know what He does? He still loves us in spite of us, in spite of ourselves. So right here we see uh, that uh, Joshua's trying to tell him to love the Lord. He's admonishing some things, and I've got, to, I've got to hurry up. And we see right here, but so many times uh, we also see uh, the, the ideology in this chapter right here that he, the reason he's admonishing him is because we have the, the, the kind of the mind said, of, if you can't beat them, join them. I keep losing, Brother Gene. I keep losing. I keep losing. Well, this world's dragging me down. This world's dragging me down. The ideology of the world, the, the things of the world, the, the, the way the world uh, talks, the way the, the places that the world goes. And I mean, it just keeps gnawing at me, gnawing at me. So guess what I do? If you can't beat them, that old adage, what do they say? Join them. When in Rome, do as Romans. And unfortunately, that's the mentality of our churches today and our Christians today that they get tired of fighting that battle against the world. Well, right here, he's telling us, he says, be courageous. Love the Lord. He didn't, that, those are battle terms. You understand what I'm saying? Those are terms of, uh, of zeal. Those are terms of zest. Those are, those are terms of trying. You're going to have to keep on trying. He gives us a warning, verse number 11, because of also, just our human nature. Take heed unto yourselves. He talks about the idolatry. He talks about our flesh. And I'm just going to run through this real quick. But in verse number 14, look at verse number 14. He gives us these words of warning in those other, in those other verses. But look at verses number 14. Verses number 14, it says, And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and ye know in your hearts that in all your souls that not, look at this, that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. Not one thing. 
He said, all are come to pass unto you. And not one thing, he says it twice. Not one thing God's told you uh, that he's had for you. Uh, the blessings, not one blessing, not one thing uh, God has done for you has ever failed. That's like that old song that Jesus never fails. Amen. I'm talking about not one thing. Hey, I've failed the Lord many, many times. Uh, and so have you. Man, I've uh, went back on my word or something to that degree because I couldn't keep it up. I've failed. We've had good intentions. We've had good motives. Uh, but then you fail. Hey, but I'm here to tell you today that Jesus never fails. Amen. Not one time. Can anybody here say why I've failed not once? See, Brother Ron almost raised his hand there. Like, oh, he didn't finish that. <laughs> I think he's fixing to get a big elbow from Miss Lynn. Like, what are you talking about? You fell before you got out of bed this morning. <laughs> fell out of the bed. Amen. But we see right here that Joshua exhorts the faithfulness of God. He tries to tell the nation the faithfulness of God. He tries to lift up the name of God and bring in perspective uh, that who God is and where God has brought him from. Another reason why we should serve Him and choose Him and love Him. Lamentations 3.23 says, Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I, I love the Bible. Because I, I'm so glad that I don't... The Bible didn't say, Mediocre is thy faithfulness. Ho-hum is thy faithfulness. You ever met those kind of people that have that kind of ho-hum faithfulness that you just kind of... Hey, I'll be there. And then you think to yourself, I'll see it when I believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. I said that back. I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I'm talking about? You can't count on them. But you know what? I never felt that way with the Lord. Now, again, like the song says, three days late, right on time. We might, it's not on our timing. Lord, you've, you've, you've dropped me. Lord, you've, not, you've left me hanging here. Since when? Since when do you have a legitimate... Concern where God's left you hanging or He's not met the need in your life. There's, there's probably a million people here, Brother Marty, and I don't think not one of them could say, well, I mean, He left me in Egypt by myself. The Red Sea, when we crossed over the Red Sea, it, it, the waters come on me, and, and, and I just swam out of those things. I had to escape from Pharaoh from a secret passage. Is, is that what happened? I, I had to grow my own food in the wilderness. No, he's trying to exhort him. He said that Jesus never fails. God has never failed. And he's trying to uh, uh, drive that home, that initiative home, uh, to get them to see that in their mind, to get them to see that in their heart, uh, where they've lost sight of some things, and they've looked to the idols of the rest of the nations and said, uh, that Jesus, that God has never failed them one time. We see in verses 15 through 16, the discipline that God gives them, the divine discipline, if they were not to continue to follow the Lord. I'm trying to hurry, church. I'm going, trying to get somewhere. But we'll see right here also in chapter number 24. I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but for the first verses 1 through 13, we see a review of history that, that Joshua gave the nation. A review of history. I'm not going to read them all, but I just want to give you a taste of what it says. And in verse number 1, it says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of the Israel and their heads and their judges and for their officers and their... And they presented themselves before God. It said, Joshua said unto all the people, not just some of them, all of them. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. 
And he says in verse 3, he says, And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan. And I multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And said, and I gave him, and I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau. And I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. And I said, and I sent Moses also unto Aaron. And I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. In these 13 verses right here, we see that the word I, that's talking about God, 17 times, no less. So God said, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done that, and I've done it all for you. So what is he doing? He's magnifying himself. He's lifting himself up and saying, this is what I have done for you. This is where you were. Talked about Abraham. He called Abraham from that foreign land, uh, that land that served idols and worshipped idols that did not know God. He drove them out of that land and set him on a course. And that course ended them up to where they're at today. They didn't do that by themselves. It was all of God. And that's what he's saying right there. So we see right here uh, that the Lord is saying, that, uh, and then Josh is trying to present that God uh, is a God of faithfulness. And then right here in verses number, look at verse number 13. And he says, And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them, and vineyards and olive, olive yards which you planted, which you planted not, and do eat. That's the fruitfulness of God. Has anybody here been blessed by the Lord? He said, Lord, I, I don't deserve that. But you give it to me. Lord, I didn't deserve this, but you give it to me. Lord, I wasn't expecting that, but you give it to me. Hey, Lord, you pulled me out of that. And hey, I don't know about you, church, but uh, hey, when I got saved, I was just trying to miss hell. I didn't understand the things of God. I didn't know everything about God. Uh, but now here today, uh, after I've walked through with the Lord for a, few, for a little bit, guess what? I've seen some of those blessings, which I didn't even work for, Brother Ron. Brother Freddie, I've seen some of those things come to pass in my life that I, the Lord's allowed me to be a part of uh, that wasn't me, that all I can say that it was all Him. Amen? So we see right there the fruitfulness of God in verses number uh, uh, 13. And we see all these things that was brought to pass. But look at verse number 14. And he says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. This right here is a commanding statement. This right here is a commanding statement. This right here, they should pay attention to what Joshua is trying to say. Because uh, what did he do? He built up in chapter 23, in the first part of chapter 24. He built up this case. He was almost like a lawyer laying out the evidences. Of who God was. Of who you was. And then now what you're doing now. Who you was. Who the God of heaven is. Who the God of Israel is. And then here's the gods of the nations that surround you. He's, he's like a lawyer. He laid out all this evidences. And so we see right here in verse number 24. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. This is a commanding statement. And he said, because I said all this. I said all this in those previous verses. Now therefore fear the Lord. Now, therefore, serve him with sincerity. I learned something the other day. It's amazing. It's amazing what you learn when you read. Turn the TV off. That word sincerity, it's an old, old word. It's a Roman word. I don't know if it's Latin or Italian uh, word, uh, but it's a two-part word. It means sincere. And what it means, it means without wax. That's where we get our word sin sincerity from. 
sincere from, without wax. And I'd read that these uh, sculptors, these people would make these sculptors, they'd make these sculptors, and when it had an imperfection in it, what they would do, uh, they would take some wax and they would fill that imperfection in it. And so when somebody would come to buy that, that sculptor or whatever it was, they would look at it and it looked good. Hey, that's a good looking carbon you got there. I'll buy it. But then when they get it outside and it would be exposed to the light, and it would be exposed to the sun, that area of imperfection that they had filled with wax started to melt. And so what they would do is, a good, an honest sculptor, when he would make his sculptor, and he would, he would, that person would purchase that sculptor, they would say, it's sincere. It means it's without wax. So you knew what you was getting. There was, it was authentic peace. So what does he say right here? He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him with what? Sincerity. In other words, without a blemish, Brother Gene, in other words, there's not something else in your life uh, that's there that you won't want exposed. But I'm here to tell you today, when you get out in the light of the Word of God, it'll expose those things in your life, hey, that doesn't need to be there. They will not hold up to the things of God. That's right. Sincerity, not hiding anything in truth and in honesty. He said, put away, get rid of those other gods, those other idols that you're serving, that you're holding on to, that you're hiding. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Look at verse number 15. It says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve. Here he goes, he talks about those choices in our life, these choices Some choices have greater consequences than others. Man, I, I shouldn't have ordered that. That tastes like garbage. I, I've got a very select set. I'm, uh, I can be picky at times. I don't mean to be that way. I know I lost a lot of people right then. But I just, you know, like, I don't like mayonnaise. I'll go ahead and tell you all right now in case anybody's wondering. I might already said that. Y'all might hear that every message. I don't like mayonnaise. So I never order anything with mayonnaise. But there's sometimes I'll venture out, get a little adventurous, and I'll venture out and I'll be like, ooh, that looks good. Let me, I'll have one of those. I'll deviate from my normal thing, my normal routine. And I'll order something different. And then I'll get it. And I have to eat it because I paid for it. <laughs> but I'm like, man, that was a bad choice. I'm just going to stick with what I know. Amen. I'm just going to stick with what I know. Call me boring if you want. But Joshua right here, what does he say? If it seem evil to you, he's asking him to choose. He's asking him to make a decision. This kind of stuck out to me right here, church. He says, if it seem evil to you. Let that set in just for a second. He said, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Remember, he's done drawed out his case. He said, in other words, you need to weigh that evidence. And he says, you need to think about that. If it seems evil, does it seem, if it seems bad, if it seems like the wrong decision, if it seems like, I mean, you see who God is, and you know what God's about, you know what God's done for you, you know God, how he's delivered you, you know how God's met those needs in your life, you know all these things about God. Never failed you. But if it seems evil to you to serve God, if that seems like that's not the ticket in your life, 
That seems like maybe, you know what, that's the, that's the wrong road. that I, went, I shouldn't have went down that road. If that seems evil to you, if that seems like that's not a good thing to serve God, then what does he say? And then choose you this day who you'll serve. You know, sometimes just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. The nation of Israel right here, they had the choice right here. They was given the choice. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. And honestly, you should live, we should all live our lives in such a way. Uh, and the decisions and the choices we make each day, just because we can does not mean that we should in the light of who we are and whose people that we are. We see this as a challenging statement made from Joshua. It's powerful and it's personal. This comparison that he brought upon the, uh, the nation right here. Look what he says. Choose you this day who you will serve. He said, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. One commentator I'd read after said that that was uh, the Euphrates. They're talking about that flood right there. The Euphrates River. It's a big open, uh, big body of water. And they say that's talking about Abraham and, and those gods that they served over there. But I kind of like to apply it like this. I'm talking about, I, I think it's almost, it could be like the flood of Noah's flood. Because they were serving a whole bunch of gods on that side of the flood. Amen. They were serving anything and everything. Uh, they lived in a lifestyle of debauchery. Uh, they lived a lifestyle that didn't care nothing about God. It said their minds and hearts were continually wicked on the things. On things. He said, serve those gods. Or it says, look at right here. Or it says, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Or serve the gods here. Now, let's weigh that out. Those gods that were on the other side of the flood, I look at those as those are the gods of destruction. Their gods didn't deliver them from the flood. And then I look at these gods, said the gods of the Amorites right here, in whose land ye dwell, it was their land. But who now possesses their land? They do. Their God took those of the Amorites' land from them and gave them to the nation. So you want to serve the gods that couldn't keep you out of here. You want to serve the gods that couldn't do nothing for you either way. You want to serve the old gods. You don't want to serve the new gods. The gods of destruction. And right here, the gods of Amorites, I believe right here, these are the gods of distraction. They're continually, Joshua's continually warning them. Don't be among them. But those gods, those remnants, because they didn't get them out of their life, Brother Gene, what are they constantly doing? Well, they're doing this. I want to be like them. They're doing this. I want to be like them. They're doing this. I want to be like them. They're doing this. I want to be like them. The gods of distraction. He says, you can serve them. The nation of Israel right here, what were they doing? They were getting distracted by the other gods and the things of this world. In church, you're never going to be an effective Christian as long as you keep getting distracted by the things of this world. It's not going to happen. You say, well, maybe... This decision was, we see right here, was a comparison. It was confrontational. This decision right here, this choice, this reading in verse, verse number 15, it was powerful because it was confrontational. It, it exposed the reality. It exposed the reality in their lives of who they ha had their heart and mind on. We see right here that this, it was not only that, but look what it was too. It was also personal. What Joshua say right here in that same verse? He says, but as for me and my house, what are we going to do? 
We're going to serve the Lord. Hey, Joshua might not have got everything right, but I'm here to tell you, Joshua was staunch. He was determined. He was convinced what he was going to do. He said, but as for me and my house, I like what it says right here, regardless of what y'all are going to do, me and my house, we're going on. I like Brother Freddie. Brother Freddie, he'll get in that jail, and it's funny. Brother Freddie, he'll give his testimony, and some of y'all might know it, and some of y'all might not. Uh, but he, I love his testimony where God's brought him from and now where he's at right now. Uh, but if anything, after you listen to Brother Freddie preach, you know whose side he's on. <laughs> and those inmates over there, those inmates, they're sitting there, and you know they're like, well, I don't know what way I need to go. Brother Freddie, he'll, he'll say, hey. I've tried to tell Brother Freddie that. In the ministry, sometimes you're going to have people that's they're going to fall off the wayside. I'm talking about good people. That they're going to serve the gods of distraction and the gods of Amorites and the gods of this world and they're going to put preeminence on the things of this world and the people of this world more so than the things of God and they're going to fall out. But you know what? Joshua, what did he say? As for me. As for me. I'll be honest with you. That's just the way I'm wired. That's just the way that, that, that I am. I like that directness. I like that grit. I like that determination that Joshua had. I believe Joshua done said, hey, I don't care if everybody else walks off from God, not me. I don't care if everybody else loses God. I don't care if everybody else hates God. He said, not me. But I'm here to tell you, that's what you're going to have to do. If you're going to serve God, you're going to have to have that, some of that grit in today's time. They had to have it back then. You say, well, things are hard today. Joshua done called a, a nationwide meeting. Y'all understand? We're having this, this meeting here. And, and it's wonderful to see this great crowd out here this morning. But Joshua done called the whole nation and said, I got something to tell you. He said, I don't care if everybody else uh, from this whole land's walked off. I've done come too far and watched God do too much in my life and be so much of a blessing to me that I can't even measure it. That y'all can do what you want to do, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to serve God. The conviction. His mind, I believe his mind was made up. What do you think? I believe he had confidence. I believe he had evidence that he had reviewed and it gave him confidence to serve God. You know why most people don't have confidence today in the things of God? Because they don't know the things of God. They don't have confidence because they don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe it. I'll go ahead and tell you right here. Do you know belief dictates behavior? What you believe shows how you behave. I'll give you right here. If, if you believe the building was on fire right now, what would you do? You'd exit stage left. You would. You understand? Because what you believe dictates how you behave. And so right here, Joshua was telling him, said, I believe God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to follow God. But we haven't had confidence in that. We, in church, we need to have confidence in the things of God. How do we get confidence in the things of God? That's by dwelling and adhering. We've done, he done admonished us that in chapter number 23. And take and loving the Lord, adhering to the law of the Lord. And that's going to give us confidence. In school, you know, they'd ask a question. The teacher would ask a question, you know, hey, who knows the answer to this? I know we got a bunch of teachers in here. I never was one to really answer, you know, raise my hand, unless I just by chance knew the answer. And it was very rare that I knew the answer. But when I did know the answer, 
Whoosh, that hand was straight up. And it was, you know, you know those kids, y'all know those kids that they know the answer. I mean, they wave it high. They'll stand up almost in their desk. Teacher, I know the answer. And what is it? What can you tell that kid? You know that kid knows the answer. That kid is confident. Or you look over there and the other kid's trying to duck behind the other kid in front of him. Why is he ducking? Because he don't have no confidence. Why is he giving lead way to somebody else? Because he has no confidence in the answer that's given. In church, why do we hide behind the things of this world? Why do we hide behind the things of this world? See, this statement right here, church, it would seem kind of seems controversial, does it not? Well, Josh, why are you why are you dogging out the gods of these Canaanites right here? That's their gods. That's how they serve. Why are you being so you shouldn't be so upfront. You shouldn't be so abrasive, Joshua. I mean, they love their gods, their little G gods, and, and that's them for it. No, you know why Joshua's saying that? Because he didn't want his nation to fall in the same trap that those other people fell into. It wasn't because he was trying to be mean. It wasn't trying because he was trying to be abrasive. No, he was, he was trying to look out for his nation and for his people saying, you're going to fall over there, you're going to fall in the ditch. You're going to keep going that way, you're going to fall in the ditch. And I've seen time and time again uh, what they'll do. I'll try to serve the big God and I'll try to serve the little God and it's just not going to happen. The Bible says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? It was personal. It was powerful. Almost done right here. You see Joshua's commitment. Joshua was saying right here, what did he say right here to you? He says, as for me and my what? My house. See, this decision right here was generational. This decision right here, he didn't say, well, uh, Brother Gene, me and my wife, we're going we're to we're serve God, but we're going we're gonna to let our kids make up our own minds. I had a buddy one time, he... Uh, he got married, and he married uh, this gal, and he's, my, my friend was Baptist, and he married this old gal, and she was Catholic. And I asked him, I said, what are y'all going to do about the kids? Well, we'll just let them make up their own mind. You know what the number one reason for divorce is? It's money. Money issues. You know what the number two reason is? It's religion. I'm just going to let them make up their own mind. See, Joshua, there was no, he said, me and my house. It's generational. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, so Joshua had enough about him. He was saying, it's not just me, uh, but it's the ones underneath me. It doesn't matter if they're three months old, three years old, 13 years old, or 23 years old. Hey, right's right, no matter what age they, they are. I'm just saying. But so, so many times we fall in the trap that is, Little Susie and little Johnny, they get older and older. We start backing up on some of our... I ain't talking about preferences. Preferences can come and go. No, preferences, everybody's preferences can be a little bit different. But I'm talking about biblical principles and biblical precepts. If they were right when they were three months old, they're right when they're 13 years old. I got a 14-year-old sitting right back there. And I'm here to tell you, as for me and my house and her, now, she might go eight when I get out of here, when everything's said and done, but it won't be, it won't be for me like a trying. I'll tell you that, me and her mama trying. It ain't going to be because of that. Well, I'll tell you what, because, because today's society says you can do this and you should do that, and I don't want you not to fit in because of uh, uh, you're going to look like an oddball uh, because you're not doing what everybody else is, and I, my, my heart goes out to you because you're just going to kind of stand out by yourself. Hey, do you not think Joshua stood out by himself right here when he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord? He said, y'all been serving idols, y'all been walking after idols, but I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going to serve God. He done told them. If it seems evil to you, 
Go serve somebody else. But I'm here to tell you this morning, church, you're not going to find anything better than the Lord to serve. There's nothing better out there, amen? It's been tried. It's been proven. I've met a ton of people. I'm talking about, uh, Brother Marty, are, are you regretful of the decision that you've made to serve God versus the life you used to have before God? I, I, I wouldn't think so. And we could ask that question here. But you know what? I've met a lot of worldly people. I said, you know what? I really wish I hadn't made this, this choice and decision in my life. I wish I'd have surrendered to God sooner. I wish I'd have served Him better. But I've never met anybody that says, I wish I, that, hey, that was right with God and loved the Lord and loved their Bible and said, you know what? I think I'm serving God too much. I think I'm living a little too clean. I think I'm living a little uh, uh, too holy. I think I live in a little too separated. I'm not talking about pharisaical attitude. you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about biblical living. Martin Luther. Y'all know who Martin Luther? Not Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther, the great reformer that come out of the Catholic Church. He got to read his Bible. He got to read it and said, because you know, at the time that Catholic Church, they wouldn't allow their, their people to read their Bible. It had to come straight from the priest. But Martin Luther got a hold of a Bible and he started reading that Bible and reading the things of God and the things of God. And he said, hey, it's not through that church, but it's, it's not through the religion of that church, but it's through the relationship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, he thought he was looked at as a heretic. And, and one man told him, said, Martin, he said, what if the whole world is against you? You know what he said? He said that I'm against the whole world. That's what Joshua said. How about this right here? I know we're getting, I know dinner's ringing in some of our minds. I want to sum it up. Verses 16 through 18. Remember now, let's look right here. Verses 16 through 18. Joshua told him, said, But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And verse 16 said, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, He it is that brought us up uh, and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. Go, jump down to verse number 18. It says, And the Lord drove out uh, from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore we will serve the Lord. He is our God. That's a confusing statement. You say, what's so confusing about it? The people right here, God, uh, Joshua told them, said, Hey, sir, who, pick who you're going to serve. Pick who you're going to serve. Choose who you're going to serve. And they, verse number 16 through 18, said, We're going to serve God. Look at verse 19. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord. So on one hand, they're saying, We will serve God. And then Joshua's saying, You can't serve God. And so that makes that begs the question, Why not? I like the agreeable response that they had. We're with you, Joshua. We're with you, Joshua. See, these people were sending mixed signals. We want to serve God, but then we want to serve these idols. We want, to say, we want to claim the name of Christ, but then we want to walk the way of the world. They were hiding and holding idols. Look at verse number 19. And then Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God, and He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. It says, If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then He will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that He hath done you uh, good. And they said, and, and 
The people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, verse 22, unto the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen you the Lord to serve Him, and you are witnesses. What he's saying, he said, You're saying you want to serve God, but you're still holding on to the idols of the remnants of the land. You can say what you want to, but you're doing another thing. That's a confusing statement. We wonder why the world lives in such a... We wonder why the church doesn't just draw people like it used to. Because if anybody lived like like we do sometimes, I don't want none of that. I ain't talking about some gross sin. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm just talking about an attitude you have at work. I'm just talking about just your daily lives. Somebody that knows you say, you've also made that comment and statement like, if that's a Christian, so-and-so claims to be a Christian... Is that not confusing? Is that, is that, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, is that not confusing? James 3.10 says, verse 11 says, Doth a fountain send forth the same, at the same place sweet water and bitter? What was it? Joshua gave an accurate revelation, but we see right here our concluding statement. They accepted the rebuke. You know what? These people, they, they got right with the Lord. They accepted the rebuke and got right with the Lord. They said, no, we will serve God. We're going to serve Him. We will. We'll put away our idols. We'll do away with those things in our life. We'll let go of those things in our life. We'll serve God. And Joshua said, he said, all right, your witnesses this day. And he made a great stone and put it under a big tree that every time that they come through that way, that, what that do, that signify, that's the day we decided to serve God. That's the day that the nation decided to put away those idols. And if you read for sake of time, we're not going to read that. But what happened, what was, it said the rest of Joshua's days and the rest of the elders that overlived Joshua, they served God all their days. Amen? Did you get the piano player to come? I know I've been a little lengthy this morning, church. But there's a lot of stuff packed in there. And sometimes if we just gloss over those things, we really don't get the true meaning of those things. You can sit here and say, well, well Joshua just said, choose you this day who you'll serve. Okay, we just flippantly make choices. But Joshua, what did he want to do? You begin to play anytime you want. But what Joshua, what he wanted to do, he wanted that to sit in. He wanted to put the evidence out there and make and help them to make a clear choice in their life. Those idols are God. Those things that the remnants are holding on to are God. Those things that are not even real, they're, not, they're made by man's hands. They, have, they don't have ears to hear. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have mouth to speak. Or the God in heaven who loves us and gave His Son for us to die for us. The God in heaven that looked down and said, Man, my, my children are in bondage in Egypt. The God that looked down and said, I'm going to make a way out for them. And I'm going to bring them out of that bondage. I'm going to lead them through the wilderness. And I'm going to put them in a land that they don't deserve. And I'm going to give them blessings that they didn't work for. And they're going to be my people. That's what Joshua was trying to portray this morning, church. He said, You need to serve that God. That God that's never failed you. That God that's never let you down. That God that'll still be there for you today. Are you going to continue to hold on to the things of the world? You're going to continue to do the things of the world. You're going to continue to do the things that grieve God. He said, choose you. 
this day who you'll serve. If everybody would, please stand. As she plays, you might want to come to the altar this morning because I believe that's not just a choice for today. You've got to get up every morning and choose who you're going to serve.